He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. I hope you had a nice weekend. I hope you have a short week for those of us in the United States of America. Many of us have short weeks coming up because we had Labor Day weekend. I had a fun one myself. We'll tell you a little bit about it. But I just want to start by saying rest in peace to the lead singer of the band Smash Mouth, Steve Harwell. I didn't know him. I didn't listen to their music. I only know, like you and like so many people, that one song, Hey Now, You're an All-Star, Get Your Game On, Go Play, an anthem, a good time, self-celebrating, supportive anthem. And to be known by so many people for something so joyous, something, have I ever blessed, have I ever listened to that song? Have I ever sought it out? Have I ever played it on jukebox? No. Is it irresistible when it's on? Yes. To be known by, to be known for something, but to be known, all right, dude, sort it out. To be known by so many people across the globe for something so joyous that makes them feel so good when they hear it, even if they're feeling some certain way about the fact that they're feeling that way while listening to that song is pretty damn cool. It's pretty damn amazing. And to add to that, it's something so joyous that you brought to the world that you loved doing so much. Imagine that. Imagine you're Steve, you were Steve Harwell who did something that he loved obsessively and never stopped doing his favorite thing doing most of what made him feel most like himself. And he wrote a song, Lord knows I hope he wrote it, but I think he did, wrote a song, I mean I know it's their song, I don't know exactly the songwriting credits and I don't want to, I don't want to get into the weeds here. You write a song that is the culmination of all you feel about yourself, about the world, about the people around you. Maybe you want to pick yourself up on a Tuesday morning. Maybe you want to celebrate a, a Saturday night that's going well at 10.30. Get your game on. Go play. Hey, now, you're an all-star. To be known for something so joyous. That is the, that is the fruit of you doing your favorite thing in the world. By so many people. You get what I'm saying? I've kind of screwed up the syntax here. To do something... Now I sound like I have a learning disability. To have something that is the fruit of your favorite thing. Infect so many people across the globe with a joyousness is absolutely incredible. And I'm thrilled for him. I think it's so awesome. Rest in peace, dude. You did, you did the thing. He was only, and when you're my age, you can say only 56. And for many of you listening, that's not that far away. He did the thing. He won. He, he, he succeeded doing the thing, as far as I could tell, that made him feel most like himself. And it was rewarded in a song that will never ever stop being played. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. That's pretty awesome. Much, much, much respect to Steve Harwell. It's just pretty cool to have that be your epitaph. <laughs> I'm not sure Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth was ever signed to Epitaph. I have Mush Mouth. I'm not sure Smash Mouth would, was ever signed to Epitaph. I doubt Epitaph might be like, we're not going to fucking sign Smash Mouth. I don't know. Steve Harwell, rest in peace, dude. You did the thing. You left your mark. An indelible mark. You, have, you wrote a song that will never, ever stop getting played. It's part of the canon of American music was in Shrek. It's played at every baseball stadium across the... You know what I mean? He did it. That's pretty awesome. And I'm, uh, 
have a lot I have who gives a shit what I have but tremendous respect admiration and and an acknowledgement that dude won he won the game left a little early but maybe that was his time so I'm going to tell you about the track I don't know if I'm going to tell you about the track the track was great I, I feel like there's a more interesting story that took place over the weekend in my universe admittedly aside from learning about the Smash Mouth singers passing I have not been immersed in the news lately although I do know that the when I sat down to record this Padres were getting slaughtered by the Phillies so I don't know exactly what's going on in the world it'll give me a day or two to catch up I trust where the shootings are going going according to expectation trust that oligarchs and you know dictators are doing their thing I had two interesting things one I went to the track and got dressed up if you look at my Instagram maybe you did you'll see my wife and I gussied up we, we clean up all right it was a blast and <clears throat> the contact we had has a business relationship or they're trying to one way or the other Del Mar is trying to impress the person that we were with. So the person that we were with's company spends money with the Del Mar racetrack. So he had the red carpet rolled out for him and for us. And it was like, my younger people, my younger drinkers, can you imagine open bar? Whatever you think of open bar, multiply that by like 10. It was absurd. It was like Caligula. But it was terrific food put out anything you want anything you conjure you have terrific seats here are the betting windows my wife and I did not lose money but we were treated like royalty and we're not and neither is our contact however he is a representative of a company that Del Mar wants to be in business with so he was treated like it and we got to we got the attendant benefits of that I guess I'm just telling you about it now But I, I really don't want to tell you about it. I, I want to tell you about the more, what I thought would be more interesting, and we'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll try to tell you this first thing that took place on Friday. It was a little, it was a little bit of a wet weekend, if you know what I mean. We, we had some drinks Friday and Saturday, no doubt. Uh, and, you know, Steve Harwell, by the way, of Smash Mouth probably would have appreciated that. What happened on Friday that I found interesting, as you'll recall from the last podcast, that we decamped from our house in the city and went out half an hour to my folks, my juggling mom and juggling instructor's house, and just posted up there. My youngest brother and sister are out of the house, so there are two extra bedrooms. We have the run of the place. Like I said, my juggling instructor gets coffee for us in the morning. It was great. For the long weekend, goes. This is why we're here. You know what I mean? Well, why am I defensive? I'm not being defensive. I'm just saying this is. I guess why I don't need the elaborate explanation of your family, dude. That's what people do. So we went up there Thursday. And. And then, you know, we get up early. We go for runs. We play with the girl. The girl is like I said, obsessed with my. With my juggling instructor and my mom, they all have the time of their lives. It's wonderful. So on Friday, and by the way, my fitness is coming up. I ran five miles yesterday, three miles the day of the track, and then on on uh, Friday I ran four. So that's, I can do the math, right? Twelve miles in three days. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. You're going to see me fit as a fiddle especially because I'm going to start doing stand-up comedy tonight in San Diego going to an open mic at the American Comedy Club I think it's called try I will make the phone call to try to get on at the comedy store in La Jolla if I don't get on there I'm going to go to the American Comedy Company I think that's what it's called in any case here's Friday afternoon it's 3.30. One of my closest friends in San Diego who lives near my juggling instructor, a mom, 
he's we exchange texts like what are you doing done with work that sort of thing yeah it's 3 3 30 i am supposed to go to a mexican food a mexican restaurant which when i say that to people who don't know i mean you know what a mexican restaurant is like you can wear shorts and if you're so inclined i'm not but you could wear flip-flops and t-shirts it's not super formal this place and you know you, you don't you can show up a little banged up if you have to that's not the, really the point the point of this is my wife and daughter were doing errands or, or they were running around my mom something they were doing on friday afternoon so i was alone around 3 30 texting with my buddy he's like yeah I, I gotta go out to dinner with my people and i was like yeah i'm gonna do that too in a couple hours He's like, we could go to the, you know, we could go to the bar, like the local, which is a great local. Uh, all MAGA, but still, <laughs> still fun. I mean, MAGA people like to have fun too. They just like do it at other people's expense. <laughs> Speaking of which, I heard, I read, and then I will come right back to this bar with the MAGA people, and I just want to get this quote. If it's not accessible immediately on my, I'm not looking up anything, but I might look into an email that I, I sent because the guy made this, he was quoted and I thought it was such a cool quote that I sent him an, an email this afternoon saying, dude, you're the coolest. So when I'm talking, I was talking about MAGA, this led me to this point. <clears throat> There was an article, and I guess I am still in touch because it's about, you know, libraries banning books and people hating gay people and all this, like, hysteria in this poor, sad, childish, insecure country that just can't let people be because of religion. Anyway, there was an article I read about book bannings and something like that. And... So there's a local library here in Coronado. Apparently they put some books that, you know, treated gay people as, as equals, as human beings. And some parents freaked out because they're, you know, insecure of their own sexuality and who knows. And they're religious probably. And this professor quoted in the article said this. He said, we, his, I think his name is Carl Luna, L-U-N-A. And I sent him this email saying, your statement made my week. And I said, I love the elegant truth in this. And he says, he said, he's quoted in the article talking about these, you know, people who say you, you should ban these books. And if you're, if you're not banning them, you're encroaching on my rights and, and, and I have my free speech and all this reasoning where if you look at it, it doesn't make sense, but I don't know exactly why. Well, have Carl Luna come in to explain exactly what he's talking, what it means. And here's what he said. He said, we've had a confusion in public dialogue in the United States over the last 10, 15 years where people make the mistake of thinking that if you prohibit me from trying to limit other people's rights, you're limiting my rights. I'm going to say it again. We've had confusion where people make the mistake, and I'm trying to get to the, make it a little more brief. We've had confusion in public dialogue in the United States over the last 10, 15 years where people make the mistake thinking, if you prohibit me from trying to limit other people's rights, you're limiting my rights. And it's so beautiful because people are complaining about these books that are uh, supportive at the worst, neutral at the best about or the other way around neutral at worst supportive at best of gay people and people saying you should ban i, I want to get these books out of here ban them etc and if you don't do that which is them trying to infringe on other people's rights me i want to go check out a book about gay people in coronado fucking want to do that so stop trying to ban it He's saying, if you're trying to do ban my uh, ability to read that book, that I'm somehow encroaching on your rights. 
and they're not. Anyway, I don't have to. I don't have to explain it to you. I'm I'm trying to mansplain it. Carl Luna makes the point much much better than I did, and I'll just read it one more time, and I'll take you back to the maga bar. We've had a confusion in public dialogue where people make the mistake of thinking that if you prohibit me from trying to limit other people's rights, you're limiting my rights. Essentially, you don't have the fucking right to limit other people's rights. And if we say, no, you can't limit other people's rights, your rights are not being infringed upon. I just said I was just going to read it and not say anything more, and I just mansplained it. Carl Luna is a professor of political science at the University of San Diego. Email him and say you heard about him on a podcast, and he knows what's up. Anyway, so my buddy said, we can go to the bar, the local. Like I said, it's a good one. And I was like, all right, we can go have a couple. You know, it's not... We go have a couple in the afternoon. You know, it's Friday afternoon. Friday. Go at, you know, 4. Have a couple. Back by 5.30. And so that's what we did. We left. He picked me up. We went over to the bar. Which is... He lives 5. It's great. Like one of my best friends. Who grew up in New Jersey. Lives 5 minutes away from my juggling instructor and mom. And there is a unbeatable bar that's another five minutes away from their place. So it all works out. He picks me up. We go to the bar Friday afternoon. We go in. He starts He starts with a Maker's Mark and Coke. I have a bottle of Coors. <laughs> and it's because I was Coors suckered me in with the uh, marketing. The bottle is a, a short, fat little Coors bottle. Perfect. I'll have one of those. We settle in. He he's a regular, so everyone comes over to say hello to him. I get introduced to a few people. The the MAGA part of it is is meaningless. It's not gonna come up again in the story. But it's 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 a MAGA bar. He's not a MAGA guy, but you know. After an hour or so, he's on a second, I'm on a second. This dude comes over and starts talking like he he's he's friends with my buddy and he's trying to get involved with us and be part of it and it's fine let's let's have a good time it's friday afternoon let's have a drink and the guy was going to go do something later with his kids he was trying to all three of us were husbands and fathers who are having drinks before they rejoin their families i don't know what that means but where were the children well, the one dude's was, I think, in college. <laughs> but the others might have been attended to by the women folk. That's how it worked out that Friday afternoon. Turns out that my buddy's wife actually hooked up with my wife and daughter and mom. And they had wine at my mom's house while we were at the bar. So everyone was doing their thing. He gets a... The guy, the, the, his body comes and buys like a, the guy's trying to get in the conversation. He gets in the conversation, now it's three of us talking about nothing, right? Just sort of like bullshitting and nothing. But it's like, there's a bit of, you know, I don't know the guy, but he and I are breaking balls pretty quickly and, you know, it all works out. And where am I going with this? I'm not going anywhere except to tell you this. I'm getting somewhere. Some tequila comes out. The, the other guy, the guy's like, you know, you want a shot of tequila? I was like, yeah, fine. My buddy didn't have one. He had maybe a, something else, like a Jägermeister. The point is this. I had a shot of tequila, which I sipped, with this guy and my buddy. And all of a sudden, that's going to change the, the, the tenor, the tone of the evening. Okay, now we're drinking. We didn't go to the bar for a drink. We went to the bar for a drink, but now we're drinking. It's a, di it's a different thing. Like, sometimes I'll ask a crowd, stand up. Are there any drinkers here? And then it's overly enthusiastic. I'll say, no, I don't mean people who drink. I'm talking about drinkers. And then drinkers immediately 
make noise because they know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about fucking drinkers. <laughs> so we went from going to have a drink to drink. Now we're drinking. You're having a tequila with a Coors. You're drinking. You didn't, that's not a drink. Which, of course, as you know, if you've ever been in a bar, uh, brings a moment of truth, a, a time for pause and reflection around, all right, what are we going to do here? How are we going to bail out a dinner? You know, mine was Mexican food. Nobody's going to necessarily miss me at a taco event. You know, his was his wife and daughter and maybe son and they were going to get some Thai food. It was, we weren't going to be, it was not like we were missing a baptism or something. We wouldn't have been missing a baptism. And it's going well with this other guy. You know, like there's a good bar energy, the right music comes on in part because my buddy was playing songs from his phone. We're having a good time on a Friday afternoon watching people come in. It's happening. But now it's the clock's closer to like 5 o'clock. And the discussion is, all right, so what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Drinkers. <laughs> what are we going to do here? Are we going to stay at the bar probably for another two hours? have way more alcohol than I intended to when I left the house and thought I was going for a drink, but now I'm drinking. Also mindful of the fact I don't want to be hungover, A, ever, but B, because the next day is the big day at Del Mar where I'm going to get dressed up in my finest clothes from H&M, which fit beautifully, I thought. So what we did is we texted our wives independently with a, you know, a generic, how's it going there? <laughs> this is, that's being responsible, that's checking in, but it's also like, how's it going there? Subtext of that, if I think about it, it's probably, am I needed? Is, am I necessary? Or am, will I, you know, am I going to add zero value? Statisticians out there. Will the change in R square be significant if I arrive or not? So we send out these, how's it going there? What's going on? Uh, or, or something like, wow, the bar's heating up or some, just some intimation. My life, my wife later on said to me, I couldn't figure out if you, it sounded like you were trying to test the waters or to see if it was okay to stay and I was like well yeah that's what I was kind of trying to do but I was also trying to just get a gauge of what was happening with them my buddy and I and this other guy in the bar my wife my buddy's wife drinking wine with my mom my daughter I'm sure being celebrated by the three of them we're on the we're at the, the at the at the top of the we're at the top of the roller coaster is what we've done we've climbed to the top of the roller coaster chunk Chunk, 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 chunk. Roller coaster keeps moving forward. What are we going to do? Are we going to stay in this place? And like I said, have way more than I intended. What does that mean for tomorrow? What does it mean when my daughter is out at dinner with her grandparents and some of their friends and my wife? And where's that? Oh, he's at the bar. And all this goes in my mind. Ultimately, my buddy and I, okay, what are we going to do? We feel like our spouses are like, stay, have fun, don't worry about it. We got that signal. So it's down to us. Like, what are we going to do here? And he said, your call. And it's, you know, in that moment, it's a coin flip. We could go either way. We could get out of there, drive back, have him drop me off at my folks, and we go out to Mexican food. Or... We push through and have a big one. <clears throat> the read I made on the room, the, uh, on the moment, was this. We'd had the, the tequila or the shot or whatever it was that sort of lifted us, lifted the... All boats got lifted by that tide. But the wave had sort of been surfed by the three of us this new guy that I'd never met, and I breaking balls, talking shit, making jokes for 40 minutes that I felt like the experience there had peaked. Like the wave, had, we'd surfed the wave, 
and it was probably not going to be that glassy again unless you chase it with another shot and more but i thought we were like in a perfect place to just say this is i felt that was as good as it was going to get then yes yeah do you want to eat out here I think we can eat out here. What do you think? How do you, th how do you feel about the temperature? I, I know. I know it's my choice, and I'm grateful for that. I'm asking you as someone who's thoughtful and aware of your environment. What do you think here? Do you think... I think we should eat outside, too. So tell her that I will come get food with you all and come out here, okay? You're just going to bring me food? But you're going to come and eat with me, right? Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much, sweetheart. How lovely is that? And pardon the interruption. You probably couldn't hear. My daughter just came out and said, Mom wants to know if we should bring you food because I'm sitting outside and it's a wonderful night. We're going to eat outside, which means I need to cut the podcast short here and pick this up in a few minutes. But let me wrap this part of it up by saying, I felt the moment was never going to get as good as it was without forcing it. And I don't like to force things. I thought it was going to be, we had a nice organic time. We rode the wave. We had a tequila with this guy. It was all good. Let's not press the issue. So I said to my buddy, let's get out of here. I'm calling it. Let's get out. And he's like, all right. We settled up, paid the tab. And I said, it's the right decision. And he goes, we'll never know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, trust me, it's the right decision. Also, it allows us to still plug in. What is it, sweetheart? Capybara. Capybara. May I bring napkins and forks and stuff like that? Well, let's go help Baba. You're going to feed me like a little bird? Do you want to say hello to the podcast? Hello. No, you're right in here. Say it right there. You don't even have to touch it. Hello. Are you going to school tomorrow? Yes. Are you very... Are you, how? What level of excitement are you for your first day of school? I'm very excited. Are you hungry also? Yes. Okay. Bye. Well, bye or boy? Bye. All right, bye, everyone. Agua. Agua? Okay, we had a delightful dinner. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, while I was away, I found out Steve Harwell did not write the song All-Star. But it doesn't matter. What matters is he is known for that song. Even though the guy who made all the money for it plays guitar in the band. Steve Harwell is synonymous. Nobody knows any respectfully to the other guy who wrote the song and apparently wrote all their songs. When you think of Smash Mouth, you think of Steve Harwell. Steve Harwell, you think of that song, people having a good time, doing their thing. Rest in peace. Okay, so I took you deep into that story about being at the bar. I called it on Let's Get Out of Here. We get out of there. Like I said, I thought it had peaked. I thought we were in a good place. We get back. He he drops me off at my folks' house. My buddy drops me off at my folks' house. They are pulling out going to dinner. They, uh, my juggling instructor really likes to be on time. And I had told my wife I was headed her way, and I walk in the door. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Would it be great if you drove since I did have a little tequila? No sweat. We bundle into the car, and the three of us, daughter, wife, husband and father go to dinner with my folks and two of their friends 15 minutes away from where they live we have a nice time they all had not been at the bar earlier so they get they all get massive margaritas i got a smaller one like like the the women were looking at me like you fucking pussy i got a small i got just a little small cute little margarita everybody else had those big goblets in any case, dinner goes fine, and there's nothing to move the story forward, taking you further into it, other than to say, toward the end, and parents, you'll understand this, toward the end, 
We've all eaten. Maybe the check's even been dropped. Maybe it hasn't. I take my daughter outside to avoid the check. <laughs> I take my daughter outside because she's restless. She's a little restless. She sat through a whole meal. She's four and a half. She does her thing. And we just go outside. The Mexican restaurant is in a bit of a mini mall kind of setup. And we walk around the mini mall. And by this time, it's it's not that late. It's like 7.30 on a Friday. So there's still businesses open, people doing things in this mini mall, including a uh, taekwondo studio or some sort of uh, martial arts studio. I don't know what the discipline was. But there's people doing poses and stuff moves and you know different colored belts you get the idea I don't need to paint too vivid of a picture for something I know zero about like wow look at that little girl doing this move and chopping that guy's neck and all that and my daughter's like that's awesome let's keep going she called it doing uh, we're doing store adventures going to different <laughs> places that are stores to her we see de <clears throat> two more down, you know, it's like a yogurt shop and then like another one's, you know, uh, a ballet studio. People doing ballet very seriously. We're watching them walk on their toes. My daughter's interested in it. It's really cool. Gets us to the edge of the, the mini mall, which backs up onto another street. So it's more like a, when I say mini mall, I don't know how to describe it, like a, a shopping village rather than a strip mall. Like a shopping village, I guess is how you characterize it. And we go past the ballet place and we start to hear this beautiful music. Beautiful music coming from behind the shopping village. Where the Mexican restaurant is, where there are still five adults in our party seated. But I figure they're just, you know, finishing their drinks, having a chip. My wife's there to represent our team if we need to pay for the check. My daughter and I hear this beautiful music, and I said, let's, we both kind of, I don't know if any, who said what, but we just started moving toward it. And then when we get closer to it, we realize that it's coming from a structure across this street. So we're now on the backside of the shopping village at a somewhat busy street, holding hands, waiting to cross to get closer to this beautiful music that is not rock and roll. It's... It's uh, it's different. It's not music you hear every day. Or music, it's not music I hear every day is a better way to say it. How, how heteronormative that was. <laughs> how cis, it's not music I hear every day. My daughter and I both love music and we start moving toward it. We cross the street and as we get closer to this building and this structure, this huge parking lot emerges, not huge, a parking lot emerges in front of us. And we kind of open a little bit of a gate thing that's not locked, it's not secured, but there's no signage. So we just kind of like keep going into it. What we thought it was, was either a business that had live music or, I don't know what, just a party. And, but it didn't seem like, but there are people walking around outside, so it didn't seem like an exclusive party. My wife, my, my wife, my daughter will learn across her life that so much of life is making it look like you belong. And if it's a party, I know how to do that. We just walk in, say hello, do as people are doing and settle in and have a sandwich. However, very quickly on, it became apparent that everybody at this place not only looked different than I do, but they were all dressed very differently. They were dressed more modestly, and everyone was wearing something on their heads. We push further a little bit up, we walk, and all of a sudden, and, and, and walking among people who are wearing robish, kind of, the women were wearing robes, they were covered, their faces weren't covered. Um... But this was not a fucking party. This, I mean, it, not, not to say it wasn't a party. This was not an open-to-the-public thing. It didn't seem, but people were smiling at us and waving as we were walking through. Women were wearing, like I said, dresses, scarves, not dresses. They were... The women were draped, I guess is the way to say it. 
the men were dressed as no different from any other man in Los Angeles, Chicago, San Francisco, San Diego, except they all had some sort of headwear on. Something like a turban, I guess you'd describe it as. We push forward, and then there's like a friendly woman who comes to us, and she kind of makes a, she kind of points at, uh, she kind of points at my daughter and says, you know, she's smiling and radiant and hello, how are you? But she points at my daughter and kind of suggests that she put something on her head, and shows us this place where there are sure enough scarves and um, headwear to put on, and so we put this head thing on my daughter's head and she's like what is this but not like what the fuck is this bro I'm like I don't know girl we're just we're in here and I was I was buzzed from the margarita which like had the shampoo effect of like rebuzzing me from the bar but I'm I'm buzzed but I'm I'm lucid as well so it's kind of has a dream like quality to it my daughter's holding my hand she's curious her body language is open and and accepting of uh, embracing what's happening but she's not like racing into it like hey I'm here let's party and I'm I'm sort of at one with her in that space responding to this woman who's being very nice to me and they're kind of guiding me and then someone comes over and says this is our uh, prayer meal and our prayer service happening in these different places. The meal is over there. So, and, and this woman explains to us what you normally do is you go into the service, you sit for prayer, you stay, you chant, you immerse yourself, and then you come out and you queue up for a, a modest meal that looked like among a community of people like you. Mind you, I am 15 minutes further along than when I was just at that Mexican restaurant and walking around in the shopping village. Mind you, I am an hour and a half after I was in a fucking MAGA bar. Now I'm in this place where everyone is browner than I am, considerably. And... There's this dreamlike, like I said, quality to what's happening. And some sort of like harmonious feeling. My daughter, myself, and this community of people who's being nice to us, who are nice to these two people, are clearly outsiders. <clears throat> after being, after walking around there for like, say, like, let's say like seven minutes or so getting a read on this is some sort of community religious event there's a meal taking place there's prayer music are we approached by a dude who introduces himself and he told me his name 19 times and I don't remember it I couldn't remember it it was foreign to my ear but he had a London accent. I knew that. And actually, I thought he was an East Londoner, but he actually is from West London. But he came up and he introduced himself and he, he said, welcome. Thank you so th Welcome. He didn't say, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> welcome. I wanted, I'd love to tell you a little bit about what we're doing here, answer any questions. And I felt maybe a touch of like, he, he was sweet, he smiled the whole time, but not like a clown, he just was like very solicitous and engaging, but I just had a touch of, uh, you know, he's probably like, they sent this guy over to figure out who the fuck I am, which maybe is why there's not a ton of signage in this day and age, this community of people who does not look like the community does not look like what it's not, it's not it's, no, you know what time we live in right and there's a community a religious minority and I started the goddamn podcast talking about you know 
hating gay people. This is some other religious minority, and they're kind of just doing their thing, like staying low. And maybe that's why there are no signs on the building. But I couldn't help but think he was, like, checking me out to make sure that I wasn't, you know, that dude who's going to be... When we talk... When we talk... You know, I'm, I'm in his place... Wondering, does he think I am going to shoot the place up? Even if I'm with my daughter. That's, that's where my head goes in 2023. Does this, and that's not that outrageous, I don't think. Does this dude think that I'm going to shoot up the place? <clears throat> I'm the, I'm, I'm the, I'm, I'm the embodiment of people who do that. Right, I, I look like that. He couldn't have been sweeter. Here's what's happening. The prayer's over there. The music afterward. We're going to gather and break bread. Echoing what the woman, this other woman told us. And I said, well, terrific. And he said, would you like to come in for, for to hear the prayer? And I said, yeah. And on the way over, he said, okay, what you want to do is... There are these sinks where you can wash your hands. You want to take your shoes off. You both need to have something on your head. And he got me something to put on my head, which was not a turban, but it was, uh, it went all across my head, so it was bigger than a yarmulke. Like, it covered the top of my big head. My daughter still had her scarf-like thing on. Never did I take a picture of it. Never did I want to, you know, hey, look at, look at us. And you know what? I didn't even think I was being, like, the most self-aware dude. I just knew not to do that. I wasn't like, look at me. I'm so tight. I'm not taking a picture of my daughter. But I don't want to be a fucking tourist. But we clearly were outsiders. Anyway, wash, go into this room. You both of you wash your hands. Uh, go over here. Take off your shoes. And then go into... And he's like, there's only like two prayers left, and then we're going to go eat. We'd love to have you join us. This is all happening, and I'm having an emotional connection with this man. In part because I was like, okay, thank you so much. And he starts, I didn't even ask. I was about to say I, I asked. He told me that he is from England. He was English. And I said, oh, yeah, you, I, you sounded, your voice sounded a little London to me. It's kind of kind of cockney <clears throat> and he said yeah I'm from West London and I don't know exactly what a person from London sounds like but I was just maybe I was just on a roll had a riff and it, it hit and I said oh who's your team and he goes oh Liverpool and Klopp and he, he's in, he was a Liverpool obsessive and very quickly he forgot about the religious indoctrination he was supposed to provide <laughs> And he was talking about, you know, Liverpool's great teams of the 70s and 80s and the drought. And then Klopp comes around and what's happened now and Man City. And in like three minutes, we're talking a lot of soccer. But I'm also like, all right, let's focus up. I want to hear the rest of, of your spiel. And which is, that's what it is, a spiel. It's not a spiel. We washed our hands, took our shoes off. <clears throat> And we went into the prayer, my daughter and I. And he explained what happens as you walk in. Women go to the left. Men go to the right. Your daughter can stay closer to you. That's okay. You know, that's kids can stay near their dads. And what we went in and just sat crisscross applesauce. We sat, cro we sat cross-legged. And <clears throat> all the men were super upright, chests out, shoulders back. I don't know what was being generated. There was music being generated, but I don't want to say like it was chanting, it was calling. I don't know the verb for how these voices were being expressed, but there were three guys on the right who were chanting or uh, giving voice to the prayers is what they were doing. And the prayers were on on the screen behind them in 
a language I did not recognize, which I have come to believe might be Hindi, but don't exactly know, with the translation underneath. But the music and these guys' voices were so beautiful. And there were moments where you could tell it was like really heating up and the guys on my side were rocking a little bit left to right. And the, even the kids like got serious. Like, oh, this is a big, big party. He's really bringing it home. And my daughter and I stayed for about a full prayer, and a half, maybe a prayer and a half. And then there was a lull where a couple people left. And then we went back outside. And as soon as we got back outside, as soon as we got back outside, the guy was right there again, the Liverpool guy. And he's like, what would you think? How was it? Thank you so much. And, you know, we're almost wrapped up, and then we can get a meal. And I said, oh, we just ate at this Mexican place. And now I feel like I've been away from my folks and my wife, my wife folks and their friends, it feels like for six weeks. Because I'm in such a different world than I had been. My daughter's eyes wide open, taking all of this in. I'm trying to think how long it must have been, but it must have been close to like a half an hour. And a more responsible person. You know what I did? Because I'm so always present with my family. I had left my phone in my wife's purse or something. So I didn't have my phone on me. So we get back outside and the guy's like, but it's probably half an hour since I left the restaurant. And my daughter and I, they're like, oh dude, he's probably fucking <laughs> buzzed walking around with her. My daughter and I were just immersed in this space, very present. And I said to the guy when we got outside, I said, you know, I really got, I, I, it was amazing. But I gotta, I gotta contact my wife. I gotta walk back. I don't have a phone because I left it in my wife's purse or whatever it was. And he goes, "Here's mine." And you know, wife being a wife, when a strange number calls you at a strange time you don't expect, and your husband and daughter are missing, my wife immediately picked it up, and she goes, "Where are you guys?" She wasn't pissed. She was just kind of curious. I said, "We are in a sick temple." And she said, Sikh temple? And I said, that's what I've always thought it was called. A I thought we would refer to them as Sikhs. But the guy said it's actually Sikh. Is a more appropriate way to say it. And she said, oh, wow, that's incredible. Where is it? And I said, it's actually right behind. And she was already in the car. And the guy said, yeah, if you get to the animal hospital, you've, and the guy jumps on the phone and like, yeah, if you get to the animal hospital, you've already gone too far park right in front and come in anyway my wife comes over she parks the car she walks in everyone smiles at her she sees my daughter and me with our headwear on no shoes and the guy is super gracious to her the Liverpool guy and I said this is my wife the Liverpool fan and he goes to the moon about that because I told him, I'm like, my wife's a big Liverpool fan, here's why, Bill Shankly, Kenny Daglish, all these, you know, I have, I have some Liverpool credibility with him, and here is my wife who loves Liverpool, the soccer team, Liverpool, the, the, the meaning of it, as much as the soccer play, but what it means, the significance of it, and she said, oh, thank you so much for you know, welcoming in my husband and daughter, looking after them. And he said, yes, my pleasure. Would you like to see the, would you like to hear a prayer? And rinse and repeat. My wife goes and washes her hands, takes her shoes off, gets covered in a headscarf. And my wife, daughter, and I went back in. My wife went to the left with the women. I went to the right with the men. My daughter sat a little bit off to the side of the main aisle. And we all heard the final prayer for another 10, 12 minutes. It was beautiful. It was emotional. I didn't even, I, I closed my eyes. I tried to immerse myself in the music. And I just took it all in in this 
I've said dream like probably two or three times. I tried to take it all in. I was looking. With my eyes closed, I felt I could see my daughter to my left, my wife to her left, surrounded by all this Sikhism, I guess, by all these Sikhs, Sikhs. And this beautiful music, chanting prayers. And there was something like, it really stirred something in me. Like I said, there was this tremendous harmony. I, I, I was part of something. It wasn't fucking God, okay? So let's not get carried away. <laughs> it was community. It was people. It was this man taking a chance on me. Like, you know what? This is what I believe in. I'm going to try to share it with this dude. I hope he doesn't shoot the place up. And I appreciated that. And I let myself, like I felt like my daughter was doing, be embraced by it. I also couldn't help but think how different the night could have been if I would have said to my buddy, yeah, let's stay here and drink more tequila and you know, make fun of these MAGA dudes and have them call so much. Like, I'm, I was, I was in life in that sick temple. I was, I was out there in the real world. I wasn't in a bar fucking talking about, you know, what it, what it might be or what it could be or what it should be. I was in the thing. And that was so powerful to me. And just moving. It was really stirring, and the three of us went back outside. The man invited us to go have the meal, and we said, no thanks, we just ate Mexican food, dude. <laughs> and, and it's also way past our bedtime. We thanked him, his, and his kids came up, and you know he had younger ones. You know He has a girl in high school, and then a couple other young girls, and they were like being very nice to my daughter and as we're, we just walked out and we were <sighs> washed over with something like we were more at peace or harmony we were just more relaxed as what we were not relaxed at ease it wasn't at ease. it wasn't relaxed like oh dude I'm finally put my feet up it was there was a calmness about us, a tranquility. It was, it was really cool. It was very different than what it would have been like if I would have stayed at the bar. It was very different than what the next day was at Del Mar. And if I, if I have time on the next podcast, I'll tell you more about the racetrack. But I thought you might find it interesting to hear a little bit about wandering into an unmarked Sikh temple being embraced and letting the spirit of community and humankind envelop you and wash over you. It's really cool. Gotta be in it to win it in life. You have to you have to go see what's out there. Even if you <laughs> think you're going to one thing and end up somewhere else it's pretty cool anyway have a great week and i'll talk to you on friday